Shammer, Shammer, Shammer Sports Worldwide. Welcome to another episode of On the Rocks with Shark and the Hammer. I'm the Hammer. That's Shark over there. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How's it going? Good. I can't believe it. Two weeks in a row. I think we have hit our Joe DiMaggio uh, streak right here. Two in a row. This is as good as it gets. Yep. I can't imagine we're going to even both do a third, but I thought it'd be a, yeah, we're going to try, man. Uh, good talking to you again. As always, we are focused this week on top contenders, top 10 con- uh, sellable pieces for contenders and top assets for sellers. Those would be a fun conversation to kind of look at where the league is, what's going on and who's got what. So wanted to start off. I know we talked about this a little bit beforehand. Wanted to get your initial thoughts. We have our top 10 list at number 10 of sellable pieces right now, Adam Thielen. How do you feel about him? Yeah, so Thielen's an interesting one. He's on Fitzy's team. Fitzy somehow is one in seven. Things have just kind of fallen apart for him this year. But he's 32 years old. He's still producing. Not great. You don't want him as a, as a huge piece if you're a contender. But also, Fitzy just got to get rid of him. His value is at any moment going to disappear I don't know what you get back from him, but you kind of have to reach a point. You say, oh, listen, if someone's going to give me a three, maybe I need to consider that. If you get a two, take the money and run, because what is a 32-year-old's value? Well, that's funny you say that. We'll get to that later also in the same discussion. But I was going to say he is tied for the set, for the oldest player on this list we have right now. And I was looking at his salary. It's only 13 bucks, so it's not going to affect anybody. And I can't imagine it's going to go up next year. Uh, I was shocked to see that he's 32 years old but yet feels like he's 42 somehow this year. It's like he's gotten old and he's fallen off a cliff. And then also his production has maintained and he's still a startable piece. You know, if he's your flex, that's not an awful flex to have. If I'm a contender, I prefer to acquire him as a bench piece, but, but you can start him and feel good about it. Yeah. He's a great guy that if you're like, Oh shit, I got an injury. I got to pull somebody off the bench. You're like, okay, cool. Feeling I'm down with that. But if he's your wide receiver one, you're screwed. It's over, you know? Uh, yeah. And if you're Fitzy, you cannot end the season or pass the trade deadline with him still on your roster. Like, I mean, you've got to get something because you're not going to get better by having guys disappear without getting a return. No, at this point, Fitzy's only move is to try to trade anything for anything. Like if I'm sitting in his spot at one and seven, my team's not that great. I'm not very happy with where they are. I'm taking anything. So I am taking, any pick that's available, come direct. Uh, I'm going to push for as much as I can, of course. But uh, Absolutely. Come, come deadline day, if you're over the age of 28, you're not on my team anymore. No, there's no reason, especially if you're over 30. Yeah, exactly. Over 30. I mean, at this point, like, so let's take somebody like Paul, for example. Should he trade for Adam Thielen? Yes, of course he should. 100%. He be he'd be his wide receiver one. Uh, he, he starts for Paul. He doesn't cost anything. It's no. that's someone he should target. If he doesn't feel great about his chances, if you're Paulie, hey, listen, it's another podcast where we're telling Paulie to get a wide receiver. Go get Adam Thielen. We'll be telling Paul to get a wide receiver for as long as we do podcasts. Yep. Uh, moving to number nine, we actually had a kind of a split here. And this is a running back position where it's two different ends of the same coin. So Melvin Gordon on Ryan's team, who's 29 years old, and you're looking at Antonio Gibson on Christian's team. Uh, who's not that old, but feels like 24 feels like he's closer to being out of the league than Gordon is. Right. Um, 
I think they're valuable pieces. I, I think that you can, I think as a contender, putting one of those guys, like you said, with Thielen, putting them on your bench really would change things. Having that yeah. as a backup. Safety nets are, the safety nets are scary at this point. You know, somebody goes down, you know, I'm sitting here at seven and one. Somebody goes down for me. My team could, you know, railroaded into the, uh, into the abyss. No, you want to protect yourself. You, this is your last chance to add a valuable piece. There is no waiver wire in Dynasty. So you need to protect yourself for what happens if I lose a stud. Listen, you know, again, with Gordon and Gibson, and that's why they're 9 and 8 on this list, you don't want to start these players, but you want to get them on your bench. They're 8 years apart in age. That's the interesting thing. 8 years apart in age, and they have the same outcome of, am I really only getting help this year? Because I don't yep. know what Gibson's future is. Cut from Washington is most likely his future. Yeah, feels like it. And maybe somebody else picks him up next year and he becomes a top 12 or 15 running back again. Maybe he's just falls the wayside and is never relevant. So with that, with that topic, I would almost be – if I'm Christian, there's a better chance of me holding on to Gibson than there is if I'm Ryan holding on to Gordon. But Ryan, I'm just sending trades to the other 11 teams in the league. Like, hey, you want him for a fourth? Yep. Why not? Like I said, take take whatever you can. Yeah, take a four because you know what? You're probably not going to get a good player with a four, but you can use the four as an asset next year during the draft to move up. It's not always about what do you get in return. It's how do you set yourself up to improve next year? Well, that was my theory was getting all of the picks last year in a terrible draft. I had 10 picks going into it. I knew I had extra I could roll to make a trade. I knew when you and I made the deal with Mariota, I gave you more than, more than I needed to, but I had to get rid of them. So yeah. it was like kind of the idea that you have just stuff in the war chest to move now. I, yeah. And that's there more than a four for Gibson, but I'm also not, not holding him tightly. Yeah. I don't know how much more he, he gets than Gordon. I mean, a three. Yeah. Somebody should pay a three for Gibson, a two. No, he's not worth a two at this point in no. time. If you're looking for players, I I don't know. You're probably better off with the player you have. The only reason you want to acquire Gibson is if he costs you no player, but he adds yep. a piece to your bench. Yep, exactly. These are still at the bench pieces that we're at for uh, the trade deadline. And I will say this trade is ugly. This is a brutal trade deadline in the DFL. Um, but moving on to the next guy, who's younger than I thought he was, uh, we're looking at Tyler Boyd. He's only 27, and he's on Jeff's team, and he's relatively cheap at eight bucks. Um, you know, again, I, I know we're all going to be shocked to hear this, but uh, Paulie should probably try and trade for him. A wide receiver right now is a money spot. Good, good spot for Paulie. Uh, 27, you know, you would say maybe Fitz or Jeff doesn't have to trade him away. The interesting thing with him is the Jamar Chase injury. Tyler Boyd's yeah. value is higher now than it will ever be. That's why he's so high on this list. Okay. Spot yeah. seven's maybe not that high, but it's Tyler. He wouldn't Boyd. have been on the list. He wouldn't have been yeah. on the list otherwise. But I exactly. have an interesting idea for you on this one. What would you? What do you think of this? If I'm Christian, I'm going after him. I like that. Christian is Jamar a seller. Chase insurance. Yeah, Christian is selling right now because once again he's got the worst luck in the league. Like, yeah, he's got some holes. His running backs aren't great, but he's selling with the intent of who helps me next year because he should be a contender next year. That's Tyler yep. Boyd. Yeah, and I'm thinking you do your Christian, say you give up a third rounder next year for Tyler Boyd. Then all of a sudden, if Jamar Chase goes down, your season isn't in the in the dumpster. Yep. You can survive the injury. And that and to him, a third round might be worth more than say like Paulie might not be willing to go more than a four on Boyd. 
but it, sometimes it's just about who you're talking to and what it's worth. Um, so I thought that was an interesting way to approach it. I think if I'm Christian, I'm, I'm at least sniffing around Tyler Boyd. Moving on to our next piece, we have a guy who I got out of when he started to suck and is still on the list, but still might be maybe something, perhaps Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's only 25 years old, feels like he's been in the league for 30 years now. And you'd think, okay, he's 25. He's he's not what he was a few years ago, but he's playing better and he's scoring points. Why would Fitzy, who's one in seven and is working towards the future, sell him? He's a free agent after this year. And I think the Chiefs have shown they are not going to give big money to wide receivers, especially when they just traded for Tony, who's under contract for a couple more years. I don't think Juju's a chief next year. I don't think Juju is an asset next year. So for Fitzy, no. that's the reason you move him. Because for Paulie, hey, surprise, or some other people, <laughs> Juju's a starter this year. Like he, We've now reached the level where we're talking about potential starters for contenders. On, an, on a tangent on this one, how many wide receivers have peaked at age 21? I would because say one. It's got to be Juju who's the only one who's ever ascended to the level where everybody thought he was really, really good. He's 21 years old. We thought I had him on my team at that time, and it was like, wow, the next great wide receiver from the Steelers. Of course they have another one. And yep. then he just literally head, head first dove off a cliff. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on next on our list and we've entered the top five. This is an interesting one. I've put Daniel Jones as the fifth best piece to trade away. And it's because I can't believe it. I, because it's Daniel Jones, first of all. So we're still surprised that he's actually relevant in any way. Mm-hmm. But he's not only relevant, he's a QB1 this year. I'm not entirely sure anybody needs him. But if I'm Jeff, I don't trust him to be a QB1 ever again. What can I get? This is the peak value right here. This is like uh, when I had Mike White for those couple of weeks last year when I was trying to move him because he had two good games. If I'm Jeff, I'm trying to move Peso. Um, I mean, the guy has played well enough. He started the year getting dropped down to Danny Dong, the Vietnamese Dong, which is worth less than a Peso. Now he's worked his way back to peso. He's got a shot at becoming Danny Dimes again at this rate. He does. And you know who could use a quarterback is Petriello. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to his quarterback situation at some point in this podcast. But, yeah, he could probably use a starter. But he yeah. seems to have blown his load on uh, on George Kittle this year. Yeah. that was He sold a lot to get Kittle. And all of a sudden, DJ Moore is looking good again. So he might be already regretting that one. Might be a tough one, um, but Peso is a sellable piece. I don't know what you could possibly get for him, or who's trading for him, or I don't know. But if again, I, if I'm sitting as a seller, I'm just sending offers out to everyone at all times. That's just when yeah. I'm selling. That's my only move. So he's an interesting one. Just real quick before we move on, he has more trade value than both Geno Smith and Marcus Mariota, who I just traded. Right? Like yes. he's kind of the same tier, but there's a more likely chance that he has more than one year of production in him. Well, so let me ask you a question. If you're the Giants right now, let's think about this just from a football perspective. You're the Giants right now. You clearly have blown your shot of getting a top quarterback in the draft this year. Yep. Do you bring back pesos? Yeah, and I don't bring him back on on a franchise tag. I think what you do is you you give yourself a three-year deal, $75, 80000000 million, and you find a way to front-load it and give yourself an out after one year. So one of those Jimmy Garoppolo one-year contracts – where it's not really a one-year contract, but you can get out under it. Yep. I don't yep, know what exactly. else. Op- 
I don't know what other options you have. Yeah, I. It's tough, but if I'm the Giants, you got to do it. You got to bring him back at this point because you're not getting a better quarterback outside of it, unless unless the Giants do feel to me like a very out of the blue. Oh my God, they just traded for Lamar. I just that, feel like I could see that happening. That was the one I was going to say. If there's something crazy happened, I, I could see that one. Yeah, I, I just something something we think that, that Lamar could end up as a giant. Yeah, this regime doesn't feel like it's going to bring in another question mark. If they're going to do that, they're just going to stick with what they know. Exactly, and he's good enough that I mean they won't let him throw the ball. That's just out. Of, that's just over. If I'm a team and playing defense against the Giants, by the way, I'm literally not covering receivers. <laughs> I'm just putting eleven in the box, and that's it. But also, that's what teams are doing, and Saquon and Bark and. Um... Jones, you're still running for 250 yards a game. So I don't know. It, it's the, the magic ride's going to end eventually. They're not talented, but they've proven no. that they can win with him. So now if you get some other pieces, we'll see what happens. Yeah. The Giants right now are squeezing a quarter out of two dimes. Like yep. that's all. That's um, so on that note, moving on to the pieces that were on the list that are now off the list, but here we are. We're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, Fournette and Gino, your pieces that you weren't technically a seller, but now you are. Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure what happened on that one, but I had an opportunity to move Gino. The trade spiraled a little bit in time, or a little bit, and I gave up Fournette as well. It wasn't my intent, but it's the same as Jones. It's the same as Mariota. It's a quarterback whose value is higher than it should ever be, so you take what you can get. Fournette's a 27-year-old running back. I think that was a good move for Graham, though. He's five and three. He's a contender. Well, totally. It, it's a very uh, – I looked at it as, as a rental. In the rental idea of Fournette for the rest of this year, if you don't look past this year, nope. it makes total sense Graham went for him. Graham has a legit shot this year, but his running backs were just non-existent. Um, so at least now he has somebody who's going to play this year. That's a huge step. Yeah. And the fact that you got anything for Gino, who you bought for fab money. Five dollars. Yeah, you spent five dollars and you got basically a draft pick out of it. Uh, you know, it's pretty amazing to pull that off. I, you sold at the right time. You know, I, I was thinking about it like this. You had Gino and Fournette, who both might not be starters next year. It's like you sold a Blockbuster in 1999, but bought a Quiznos with your money. I didn't get anything great, but I, I changed my outlook. You're at least going to survive. Because, yep. yeah, come next year, you could have lost them both for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I'm staying in business. Yeah. So on that note, now we're moving on to the three genuine starter pieces that are on the market that I don't know if they're going to move, but if, if they are, these are, these are guys that can change a team from maybe to a contender. Yep. Um, now this one, I think is the hardest one to, to decide what to do with. Uh, we can kind of lump these two together. Cause I kind of feel like it's both it's Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. Both are 27 years old. Both have a $27 salary. Jeff and Ryan uh, would probably love to move. And they're good by the time their teams are good again, or in Jeff's case, good in the first place, they won't be good anymore. <laughs> they they should be moving on from them, but they're also their biggest tradable piece. And we touched on this last week. It's a bad time to be a seller because I think that the value that Jeff and Ryan want for these pieces is not out there. No, I don't see anybody moving a first. I just don't see a single first round pick getting moved this year. Whereas last year, we were all willing to give up first for anything. Yeah. There's a there's one player, and we'll get to him at number one, that is worth giving up a first, no question asked. 
if you're a contender. Other than that, I think you're hesitant. I think everyone's a little trigger shy right now. We've heard for two years how good the 2023 class is. I think people want to at least wait and see where they land before they give up their first round picks. And I had this conversation yesterday, an interesting thought. We knew the 2020 class and 2021 class were really good, but people still sold their firsts. This year, they're not. I think the difference is we're now two years removed from those classes, and we've seen what hitting on a really good player in a really good draft can do. I don't think people want to move these picks. No, nobody is jumping at moving picks right now. I think people are more willing to move assets, which is a conversation we're going to get into shortly, but I think assets that are non-draft picks are more likely to move in if anything does. And I still stand by this is going to be a pretty dead trade deadline in the DFL. But so those, those guys, and especially, you know, going back to Kamara, what a tough spot to try to trade him because yes, as a rental piece right now, his talent level is worth a first rounder. Yep. The problem is he's going to get suspended next year. Yeah. He may never be usable again after this season. Exactly. So, like, would I give up a third rounder for him? Yeah, definitely. I'll take that shot and see what happens. More than that, I'd have a hard time because you're giving up such future for, what, seven games, eight games? I mean, I think if you're a contender, a real contender, you give up a a second for him. You know, maybe not you because you've got every other running back in the league. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Graham is another one. He had two seconds. He just traded one for Fournette. If Ryan came to him and said, I'll take your other second for Kamara, I still think I'd do that if I'm Graham. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I would totally do that if I was Graham. I think it's a logical move. Yeah. Aaron Jones, I don't know, same thing. He's a free agent at the end of the year, isn't he? I think he is, but he's also not getting the ball that much. Is Rodgers no. going to be back next year? There's so many questions around him. He's on this list because of what his ceiling this season could be, or he's yep. this high on the list but he's also the least likely to hit it of the guys at the top of this list. Oh yeah. He's the biggest gamble on the list. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think the other guys, you kind of have a sense of what you're getting. Even the ones who were like, ah, if I had a bench piece, great. Yep. But speaking of changing the outlook of everything and, you know, hitting their ceiling, the number one option available right now, Stefan Diggs, hands down 28 years old, $26 salary. I mean, this might be the guy who moves for a first. And he should. If I'm if I'm Christian, I would like to sell him because he's 28. We've seen what 29-year-old wide receivers can be this year. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and... 29 is the new 39. Yeah, they just, like, there's something happening. They're falling apart. Uh, it's not a guarantee. We've also seen wide receivers be elite till 32. But he... You want to bank on that. No, he's a stud. I mean, he is an absolute game-changer for any team in the top six in the top six again petriello you edward paulie graham and rather uh rutherford like mm-hmm. that's it i think that we know our six playoff teams it's yep. gonna be those six every single one of them could use him every single one of them should give up a first round pick even if you say eh, i don't need him well he's still better than everything that you have I, I agree with you. I think in this scenario, you look at somebody like Petriello, uh, Edward, and myself, the receiver groups are strongest in our three of those six. Um, as I know, we're all going to be shocked to hear me say this. Paulie, I would just be like, hey, Christian, here's a blank check. What do you want? I would give up my whole draft class if I was Paulie. 
first yeah. Stefan Diggs. And then on top of that, he gets to stack them with Allen. I mean, yep. that, that is worth two years because you have to think about it in two-year bursts. Yeah. Paulie trades for him right now. He has him for this year and next year. No questions asked. That is a huge improvement for his team. I mean, it goes from, you know, having no receivers to having one of the top five. Yep. For the three of you that you mentioned that have elite receivers, it he still is better than whoever the fourth guy you're starting is. And acquiring him doesn't let somebody else acquire him. So that there's is, kind of that game too. That 100%. Uh, that is a 100%. I actually still am upset with Ryan because he gave Petriello a piece. I mean, yeah. he should have at least charged him. He did charge him a tax, but he should have doubled down on that tax. It should have been, you know, I need an extra pick because you yeah. win every title. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you need Stefan Diggs, but you do not need Petriello to get Stefan Diggs. Exactly. So maybe for everybody, you explore it, not necessarily only because how he helps you, but how you make sure nobody else gets him. I yep. think Christian is going to trade Diggs by Wednesday. I just have this feeling it's going to happen. Well, so you say that. Let me let me take you on a different route. This guy's not on the list because you assume it wouldn't happen. But what if somebody came knocking for Jamar Chase? I mean, listen, Christian traded Patrick Mahomes. That's what I'm saying. He's he's not not game to trade. So yeah. I mean, what would it take? So right now, you're Paul, just smoked a bong, feeling like a million bucks. What do you offer for Chase? Your entire draft? I would offer. My entire draft, and I would strongly consider throwing Garrett Wilson in there as well. You'd have to think about it at least. Why not? I mean, he's a game changer. Yeah. And now, if you're Christian, do you trade him? I mean, he's what, 22, 23? He will still be good by the time Christian's good again. If I'm Christian and I get what I got for Mahomes, then yes, I consider trading him. If I'm Christian and I get what Jeff got for DK Metcalf, no, he's not going anywhere. No. Well, unless you're Jeff and you want older players. Right. Um, Julio's available. So, yeah, yeah, there's always that. Um, So, yeah, that's all of our that's all of the top pieces that could go to end up in a contender in a playoff race. So on the flip side of that, we were looking at the assets that the sellers would want to want to get from us because clearly we're talking draft picks aren't moving as well. So what are the sellers looking to acquire? So you and I looked through the list and figured out the top 10 ish assets that could be moved to sellers to move to build their team for the future. Yeah. So starting at the honorable mentions, we're looking James Cook, uh, Zamir White, Christian Watson, a bunch of those guys. And at the top of that list at 10A is Sky Moore. These are all guys who maybe lottery ticket, perhaps could awesome, maybe, but you don't know. Yeah. Uh, the common theme with all of these guys is their first and second round picks last year, maybe early, th- their top 30 picks that have not had a good rookie season. If you're one of the bottom teams in the league and you can't get draft picks from anyone, the next best thing is the guys that were draft picks in that range last year and still have that same potential. They just maybe are a little bit cheaper than they were to acquire. Yep. Well, I mean, like we were talking about the reason he's 10 a sky more right now, if you told me either of these things, I would believe them and wouldn't question it. One, he's the biggest bust in draft history Two. He's going to end up being Mahomes' favorite target next year. I'm just going to go nuclear. I believe either of those about him right now. I think that it's they're believable and they're legitimate. Like there's a real chance that it's one of those two outcomes. Yeah, I don't really see him ending up as just like, oh yeah, he's a solid piece. Like he's either yeah. a, you know a, a total waste and he's out of the league in three years, or this guy is a top ten receiver next year. 
Yep. So yeah, I mean, like I said, Skymore, you could tell me anything and I believe you it's possible at this point. Um, there's two options for him, basically, bust or the best. Now, speaking of another player with two options, but I only see one, Kenny Pickett for Petriello. I think he's a bust. I think he's a bust. Yeah, I think I, I knew what option you were going with there. I don't have a counter argument. I don't see anything. I don't see anything from him. I don't think he's good. No, and he just doesn't seem good. He just seems not there. I, I just I don't see it with him. Usually you can see a flash or a two or a play or something. I just don't see it with Pickett. And now this leads me to an interesting question for you. I was, as we were talking about this and researching and looking, the little secret in the league right now, is there a player under 25 you actually want on Petriolo's team? I mean, is he just running this team into the ground and then his rebuild is just going to be, ugh. It's <laughs> scary. I mean, he's got, so he's got Justin Herbert. I think that you anyone would still take him, even with how down his year is. You still take sure. him. He only has two or three other assets under 25, and I don't think you want them if their role is any higher than what Petriello is using them for. The big two being Christian Kirk and Gabe Davis. They're 25 and 23, respectively. I think it's great if they're your wide receiver four and your wide receiver five, and you've got Cup and Adams at one and two. Mm-hmm. But if Petriello is a year away from them being his wide receiver one and two, that's not good. Well, especially Kirk is already falling off now. And then I got to imagine Ridley, even if he's 85% of what he was in Atlanta, that bumps Christian Kirk target numbers down instantly. And then yeah, that changes everything. There's something going on with Jacksonville. There's something going on with Lawrence. I don't know that it's a train wreck. I don't think it's like all going to fall apart, but I don't think Christian Kirk is going to be half of what they paid him to be. God, imagine they had a really good quarterback with a great mustache and uh, jean shorts. They would be to the moon. To the moon. Minshew would have this team somewhere else. So, yeah, uh, Pickett has me worried. But I could see somebody, like, if I'm Jeff, am I reaching out about, you know, Kenny Pickett, especially because he's a stealer? Yeah. Who knows? Um, so that that Pickett, I would put at nine. At eight, we had on your team Rashad White. For the exact reasons that we had Fournette as a rental, uh, I can't imagine Fournette's the starter by next year. Now, I mean, the stats have begun to to shift a little bit. Fournette had one touch in the second half of last week's game. I don't know what's going on with Tampa. I don't trust any of them this year, personally, because there's something up with Brady and, and the team. It's, it's not working. But White looks like the heir apparent. Like, he looks like he is going to be the starting running back on this team sooner than later. Yeah, he looks like he could be a legit piece for them. I don't know whether he's going to be some otherworldly talent or anything, but it looks like he's slowly taking the job. Uh, yeah, by next his year, upside Tampa's, maybe. Yeah, upside's there, but Tampa, who knows where they're, they're going to be in flux after this year. Figure Brady's gone, Fournette's gone. They're going to lose a bunch of people. There's going to be dead money everywhere. They're kind of going to be a mess as soon as uh, Brady goes. Yeah, I think a, a, a comparable realistic ceiling – for Rashad White is David Montgomery. Hmm, I could see that. You know, two years where you're like, okay, yeah, he's my RB2. I'm fine. Maybe he's got five games where he's explosive. And then you're ready to get out from under him by 25 years old. Yeah. Well, these next bunch of guys, uh, that's the last running back we're going to talk about for a while. 
the next group we have is the wide receivers that are of interest. We have Devin Duvernay on my team, Calvin Ridley on Ed's team, Bateman on Graham's, Romeo Dubes on your team, and Garrett Wilson on Pauly's. Now, wide array here. I mean, Devin Duvernay is looking interesting because all of a sudden they've kind of figured out how to use him. He's interesting. They're using him. Do you trust it long-term? Do you not? He's someone, if I've got one of the bottom five on the earlier list and I can't get a pick and I'm looking for a flyer, I say, eh, maybe Seth trusts my guy, Tyler Boyd, more than Duvernay. Let's see what I can do. Let's flip for younger. Yep, that's exactly. I would be looking at him as a potential, like a more likely lottery ticket than a draft pick. But, you know, part of his outlook also depends on this guy, uh, who we've now nicknamed Rawhide Bateman. He's higher on the list for Duvernay now, but he's got list rank surgery out for the year. Is he ever going to be the same again? Let's put it another way. Is he ever going to be close to who we all declared he was before he ever showed he could be that? This guy was being talked at as a top 10 dynasty asset in wide receiver just six months ago. Yeah. Did we blow him out of proportion? Yes, I think we did. And that how many said, guys come back from list rank injuries – and are the same after that. Eli Manning. He's the only one ever, but he's the GOAT. And he's also, you know, a speedy wide receiver who needs his feet. Um, right. Yeah, no, Eli didn't have to actually move. Yeah. Um, so, no. I, it's concerning. It's troubling. It's we'll, There's another one of these on this list for Graham that we'll get to. But if you're Graham and he's out for the year and he's on your IR, do you take 50 to 75 cents of what he was worth in the preseason and just get him off your roster? especially as a contender where another piece might help you. Would you all of a sudden flip somebody like Bateman for Thielen and have him throw, you know, maybe Fitzy throws you a pick with it. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I have somebody to back it up and I got something back. I would be looking if at I things got, like that. If I got something a little more than Thielen, I would take it. Absolutely. If I could get Juju, I would maybe give up a little bit more. You get to the top of the list, like we talked about Graham and Kamara already. Can Graham get Kamara if he includes Bateman without giving up a high draft pick? Yeah. It's worth at least discussing, but then it goes back to, do you trust the medical medical fix? And it's a weird one. I'm torn on what I think because I want Bateman to be good. I really want him to be good, but I just, I don't know. I feel like these guys get injured and they're just never the same again. Yep. Um, speaking of never the same again, this guy isn't injured, but a year out of football is a long time. Calvin Ridley, very interesting now that he got traded to the Jags. If he was on the Falcons, I wouldn't have him on this list. It's probably not going to make Edward happy to hear me say this, but the reason he's on this list and the reason you trade him is because he is more likely than not never going to be helpful as a fantasy starter again. So you take the fact that there's a lot of noise around him and you sell as quickly as possible. Yeah, there's buzz about him right now because, you know, the the theory of him on Jacksonville is exciting. Yes. And until he plays, it's all theory and people are just speculating and people are, are pumping him up. It kind of feels like when Michael Thomas was miraculously healthy back in August of this year. Sometimes yeah. if there's buzz about an outcome that you know what is most likely going to happen, take that buzz and, and just get, get, get rid of it. Yep, run with the buzz. The buzz is always going to help you. And then speaking of buzz, Dubes, Dobbs, Dobie? I'm still not entirely sure. No, he hasn't played well enough to get his name said right. That's always how you nope. know, actually, on a side note. One of my favorite things is you look at somebody like Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
everybody could say his name right because he's the best fucking basketball player in the world. Yep. You have to be really good to get your name pronounced correctly. Romeo Dubes or Dobbs, whichever one it winds up being, it's not that tricky, but he hasn't made the list of important things to learn. No, it's not there yet. And now with him, it's also a questionable. He seems to be a target that Aaron Rodgers likes. Is Aaron Rodgers there next year? I can make a case because Dobby Dubes was drafted in the fourth or fifth rounds in the NFL draft this year. I can make a case that he's more valuable to a contender this year because he's Rogers, maybe number one target than he is long-term and he's a rookie. So make any sense of that. He's got Kenny Galladay value vibes to me where like came out great. Loved him. Awesome. If he leaves the perfect situation, he might be fucked. Yeah. He's top five on this list because we put this list together before I sold Fournette and we weren't sure if I was a buyer or a seller. We're still not entirely sure if I am or not, but I think a lot depends on this weekend's outcome. Yeah. So I hope that you roll over. Yeah. Well, not off to a good start after the Thursday night game. for But um, so we're moving on to the number one wide receiver available. And I don't even really know if he's available, but this would be the asset that if I'm going to end up with Jamar Chase, I'd be willing to give up Garrett Wilson. So I'm Polly. I finally have one functional wide receiver that's exciting. Finally have one. Yep. But what are you willing to do if you to get better? Yeah. I mean, I, I, we'll add the disclaimer. Paulie probably should not trade Garrett Wilson. Like we're putting him no. on this list because of he's a young, exciting asset that Paulie can flip this year. Paulie's team needs a lot of help. The reason that you have Garrett Wilson at number three on this list, the reason you consider trading him is if you get that stud, is if you can flip him to the guarantee of what Garrett Wilson might become. Well, so if you are Paul and you're Christian, would you do Garrett Wilson and a three or a two for Diggs? If I'm Paul, yes. If you're Christian? I might still consider Wilson might be one of the few players in the league that's available on a contender that gets me to move digs without getting a one in return. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why he's our number one receiver, uh, potential selling piece for our contenders. I mean, he's um, far and away better than every other player we've named on this list so far. Like he's the only one on this list that I see giving anybody any value in the year 2024. Yep. Yep. Um, so he's our number one, and now we move on to the top two pieces. Now, these would have been flipped six months, like week two of the season. Yep. Number two right now is Javante Williams on Graham's team. He's out for the year. He blew up his knee. We're not sure if we're moving back into a phase in the NFL where ACL injuries are actually career-threatening again. Kind of feels like we might be. It's but- at least something you think about now. I feel like for like a five-year window. It was like, oh, he tore his ACL. Great. He'll be playing again in eight months. No problem. Yeah. But now you got J.K. Dobbins. He just doesn't – he can't stay on the field. Saquon, like he's great. He's back this year. But it took him three years. A lot of guys don't get a chance three years later. You know, and Javante is not Saquon. I don't know. If you're Graham, if somebody still thinks Javante has top five running back upside, don't you have to take that? I think you do. I mean, if you can get him as part of a larger deal. Um, Let's say you could get – Kamara, would you give up Javante and a one or Javante and a two? I would definitely give up Javante. Getting yeah. a, giving up a pick with it would make me pause, 
But also if I win this weekend and I'm Graham, I'm six and three. I mean, you're six and three. It's time to go for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it's not exciting, but makes sense. And so, like, Javante yep. is an interesting case because he's got the injury. So now the guy who moved to number one because of that injury and who made his name on a stage last night, Damian Pierce. Uh, I'm so happy I drafted that guy. He's really good. Uh, he looked great last night. I mean, he made his case for Offensive Rookie of the Year against the Eagles. Yeah, he's really good. I, I, I have a personal theory which may or may not be right based off of my career under 500 record. It's probably not right where low capital running backs are not valuable long-term. He's a fourth round draft pick in the NFL. He's never had a workload like this before. I don't know that he's a lock to be the Texans stud running back for the next two or three years. Flip side of that, they're so bad and they have so many holes that they're probably going to be okay riding him for at least another year until they're a real threat to make a run. He's good enough. He gets the job done. The interesting thing is you've got five running backs. You just landed on him. He's really good. He's probably not good enough to crack your lineup. If everybody is healthy and off a bye. he had the game of his life last night, but because he didn't score a touchdown and he doesn't catch passes, he only scored 13 points. Yep, exactly. It's a, it's a tough road with him. Now, like you said, I, so this goes to my theory of running backs I, I can only look at in a three-year career. I, I, that's all I look at. Is yep. like, and so he's got this year. I definitely think he'll be involved next year, and there's a good chance he's still involved here. Great. I, Robinson in Jacksonville. He was undrafted. He played. He had another year. He got hurt, and then they had EPN, and then they figured out, oh, EPN is on fire. We don't need James Robinson anymore. Yep. But he built up a name where he's still a decent enough piece where he got traded to a team that needs him to play. So I do think Pierce has a shot to be functional and good for the next few years. But like you said, the Texans aren't going to be good, and they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. They need to get a defense. They need a line. They need pretty much everything else. Damian Pierce might be the most talented player on their team right now. Yeah. I think he's number one on this list because everything you just said, draws the parallel that Damian Pierce's ceiling is most likely James Robinson or maybe truly best case scenario, Chris Carson. Those are very good outcomes for a guy that was drafted where he was in the NFL and drafted where he was in the DFL. But as a contender, if somebody thinks he might be a top 10 dynasty running back, you got to sell him for top 10 as uh, return. Well, so that's exactly it. I mean, he, would I be excited about trading him? No. no. But if I can get the piece that I need to give me, I mean, this is my best shot at a title as of right now. So yeah. am I willing to give up pieces that are going to hurt me in the future to do this year? Yes, 100%. If Pierce and a really high draft pick is the piece that gets you Stefan Diggs and keeps Diggs away from the other five playoff teams, that's an interesting thought. I'm not going to ask your opinion on it because I don't think that's fair to you. No one else in the league has a podcast where they share their <laughs> thoughts on their trades. But well, yeah, this is how I ended up with Noah fucking fan. So, uh, yeah, we're going to stay <laughs> off of my thoughts on this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there, there's, there's scenarios here where his value is higher than his realistic upside. But his talent might make someone say, yeah, but he could actually be even better than that. So I'm still willing to take the chance. Well, when you look at teams, like, you know, if I'm a seller, I'm more likely to take a shot on somebody like that, especially he's a second round pick. He's got a very low salary. There's the odds are he's going to be good for two years. And then potentially you can flip him even in two years. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at contract. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not rushing to get rid of Damian Pierce. I like having him on my team. Having five legitimate running backs makes things a lot easier because odds are somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And just quick sidebar, full disclosure, because Seth and I will always be a little bit biased and never be fully accurate on our team. I ranked Seth's guys. He ranked my guys. So I put Pierce at number one. Yep. Yeah, we put the list together and then we let each other pick for our own players so that it wasn't very – because I think Damian Pierce and Devin DuVernay would be number one and two on this list. Right. But what do I know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, I'm excited about the deadline. I really hope something fun happens with it because so far it's kind of boring. It's been a little bit anticlimactic. We'll see what happens. Christian, we just spent 45 minutes basically begging you to trade Stefan Diggs to inject a little life into the league. So let's get it done. Or Jamar Chase, if you really want a light slack on fire. Hey, listen, that would be nuts. So uh, on that note, always a pleasure chatting with you, Shark, my man. Uh, let's try and do this again next week. Let's keep this going. Three in a row would be a, would be a streak. We got this. We'll talk awesome. to you later. Good day, everybody. Have fun, DFL. Let's get some trades going.